Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Eloise Asylum haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat, and that's Rebecca. Hello. Hello. So we we missed a week. We did. We've uh, been trying so hard to get oh on a schedule gosh. again. But um, Rebecca was yelling at Ghost at our investigation, <laughs> and she lost her voice. I did. I did. You may even still hear uh, a little remnants of it yet yeah. this weekend. Uh, I think I pushed myself a, a little too hard, freaking out at the ghosts. Yeah. And uh, when we, it was the day to record, and there were times when I would open my mouth and nothing would come out. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I knew it wasn't going to be a good time. Uh, but slowly, slowly, I am improving, and hopefully we will make it through this without a coughing fit. Yeah, and I just wanted to uh, welcome any new listeners that we have. We, we just were at C2E2, mm-hmm. and I would say we had about 200 people in attendance. Yeah, which for I was excited panel. for. I mean, we were kind of early in the day on Saturday. I wondered you know, if people would be interested in a panel at that time, and yeah. uh, and they were. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, we talked about uh, haunted cemeteries in Chicagoland area. We did some kind of obscure ones. Yeah. And we will talk more about that um, on Ghostly X. Yeah. So if you're interested, uh, you should definitely check out our Patreon um, where you can subscribe for a pretty low price and listen to lots more Ghostly with Ghostly X. Yeah. So how did you say it? Eloise? Eloise. Mm -hmm. Eloise Asylum. I'm sorry, that's going to be hard. (laughs) Uh, Eloise Asylum is a very interesting um, part of American history, I would say. Okay. It was first opened in 1832, I believe, Mm -hmm. and um, it is... It became one... It became the largest psychiatric hospital in the United States. I mean, I... This time, I, I did see some history as I was looking into some of the paranormal research, but I didn't see a ton, but man, just the, just some numbers yeah. and like the number of people that live there at its biggest and all of that. And it's just, it's mind boggling. Yeah. And in the history, we're going to also learn about poor houses and what they were and how they affected America and how they affected the rest of the world. I am interested in that because that came mm-hmm. up in my research for C2E2, okay. but I didn't do a deep dive into it. So, gotcha, gotcha. So I, I'm, I'm excited to learn more. All right. Well, this is the part of the episode where we would typically do shout outs. There are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. It could be any amount of stars that you want. You know, we always prefer those five star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to become a member on Patreon. That's just Go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a few different tiers to choose from, uh, ranging from $1 to $10. So they're, they could be very affordable. Um, we do have a review. Rebecca, would you like to read this review? Sure. Uh, so this is from Brendan412, who says, Love this podcast. I've been listening to the podcast for some time and love every episode. Even though I'm a skeptical believer... Got to give Pat credit. He's slowly putting me on the path of a non-believer. 
kind of LOL. I say not LOL. No, (laughs) I'm glad everyone's on their own journey. Uh, Anyways, he says, very fun podcast. It shows that we can have debates and share different opinions, but still have respect for each other. Five stars. And, you know, that is the secret of Ghostly is that that's what we are trying to do is teach people that they can uh, get along with people that they disagree with in some capacity. And um, it is not to make someone a believer or to make someone a skeptic. That is not what we are trying to do at all. Uh, We are happy with whatever you are. And um, we just ask that you vote so we can get an idea of what people think of this particular area. My thought is that nobody is 100% going to believe every single story that we tell, especially like Amityville. Um, all right. So, well, uh, no, I was just going to say really quick. It's all about like just listening, yeah. right? Like you, the, the goal is just listen to somebody that you maybe have a different opinion of and um, you don't have to like change your mind. Just yeah. But listen. you, but you roll your eyes at me several times. An I'm episode. still listening though. <laughs> okay. Even though you're rolling. <laughs> yes. All right. Are you ready for some listener mail? I am ready for some listener mail. All right. So I am like 99% sure that we didn't share this yet, but because it was in my not shared, okay. my upcoming um, listener mail. But uh, I also can't believe that we have something from Jason Streets that we haven't shared yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Ta, thank you uh, again. And again, if I if I have shared this, I apologize. But again, I, I, I don't <laughs> think I have. So here we go. Um, number one mysterious voice saves my life, question mark. Wow. I may not have lived beyond boyhood at all had it not been for the intervention of some mysterious person or who or whatever it was. In short, when I was a young boy, if I hadn't heard an unfamiliar elderly male voice call my name as if from somewhere nearby, I'd have been killed by a freak accident. Because I heard someone call for me by name, as confused as I was, I left the part of the house that, just a moment later, would be struck by a runaway car. I would have been sitting right where the foundation caved in. I would have been utterly crushed." There was no family member matching that voice, no neighbor, no visitor at the time, nobody. To this day, neither I nor any member of my family, friends, or neighbors at the time can explain who or what called for me. If I, had heard so- if I hadn't heard someone call my name from elsewhere in the house, I would have been killed. It's that simple. My take, I simply have no idea what to make of that. I'm just glad it happened. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Toph, for uh, writing in again. We really appreciate it. Um we are always in need of stories. Yes, we definitely need stories. Because we enjoy doing the listener mail. And if you enjoy uh, hearing the listener mail, you might want to hear your own. Yes. So the way to do that is to email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form right on ghostlypodcast.com. Uh, or one of our favorite ways is to um, actually mail us something mm-hmm. in the mail. We don't check it that often, but we check it every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you can send that to P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Don't worry. You don't have to write any of this down. It's all in the footer of ghostlypodcast.com. You bet. And, you know, as Taz uh, email shows, you don't have to send us some big, long story. No, just, that was nice and just short. Just a, a and, little email that, that or a little yeah. something that tells us a, a little thing that happened to you that maybe was a little bit unexplainable. Uh, or maybe you thought it was paranormal, and then it turned out not to be. We like those too. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, we hope you we hope you share. Okay. All right, it's your favorite time. Oh no. no. <laughs> uh, 
Not Come on this now. part again. Come on now. It's time for the polls. And you've done well in the polls lately. I, I just don't like it because it's like it's judging us then. Uh, well, except that sometimes you win. Yeah. So don't you like that? Yeah, I do like that. But then I consider that that it was actually not judging us. It was judging the evidence. <laughs> so, All right. Well, last episode, we talked about the Beauregard Keys house in New Orleans. We did, yeah. And uh, the votes were, yes, 42.9%. Whoa. And no, 57.1%. I did not think I was going to be able to win that one. I didn't think so either. Um, But I did see some of the comments coming in, and the comments were um, pretty pretty funny, actually, to me, because uh, they supported me. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Uh, And an overall rating, you know, um, like how we do here on Ghostly, we give a rating between... Zero through 10. Well, people can give a rating between one through 10. Mm-hmm. And the rating that they gave was 3.43. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, low, relatively but, low. Yeah. yeah relatively low. I mean, uh, you know, it's what it is. I, you know, it was, I don't know. I thought there were some compelling evidence, but, uh, you know, it's up to the voters. So when you're done with this episode that we're about to share, Go to ghostlypodcast.com and get your vote in. You click on polls. Click on polls. Yeah. That's yep. how you vote. All right, so now uh, I have a ghost story. Awesome. Um, It's a little different than normal. Okay. So just, I'm going to give you the warning. I mean, so am I, though. Okay. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. I had this reoccurring dream about Eloise since I was a child. I had several dreams about each individual building, including the old firehouse, the main building where the staff lived. To fully understand, you must know I had no idea what these buildings even were. I was a kid and had never heard of Eloise. I just remembered someone pointing at the building and repeatedly saying Eloise over and over. About three months ago, I finally looked it up because I had the dream again and found out that it was an insane asylum. So, of course, I had to go. I wanted to check it out. I went to the grounds with my friend, Ryan. Before we even parked in the parking lot, both of us had gotten major headaches, as if the pressure outside changed. We walked by the main building first, and I noticed some strange things about the building, like the new flowers placed in each window. Ryan noticed a strange apparition in one of the windows that didn't have curtains. So we walked around the grounds a little more. There was a shipping receiving building that lies now in ruins, which I didn't feel anything off of except when we went through a tunnel and there was a huge gust of wind, a few whispers, and the rocks behind us moved as if someone was following behind us. Also, there was a block that kept moving as if someone was standing on it, but that was probably just from it being old and not level. The last building we came to was the firehouse. Now, this building I saved last for a reason. This was the house from my dream I kept having. Once I turned and faced this building, everything about it, the fence, the trees, the signs, the benches, etc., was the exact same as the dream I had. My dream had people in it just standing around talking and folding laundry. I don't know if it means anything because it was a firehouse. So, if anyone has any answers, fill me in. Once I had faced this building, I had a weird chill down my back 
That's when Ryan and I decided we should leave and check out the cemetery. Once we left Eloise, we noticed Ryan had a bruise from what looked to be a handprint on his arm. We never made it to the cemetery because of the bugs, but once we parked and tried to get through the tall grass, a man stopped us and asked me if I was Claire. I was confused and answered no. So that's a little different. Okay. And that's because that is actually a story from a person. Oh, wow. Someone named Emily, and it was posted on hauntedplaces.org. All right. Someone had made a post about Eloise. So you didn't make up any of that? I did not make up any of that. Did you change the name to protect the innocent? No, I just didn't give a last name. Wow, okay. I'm going to give credit. You know, somebody wrote that. Credit is due. Um, And actually, there's a little bit more, um, but I'm saving that for evidence. So this part, I didn't think, it was kind of creepy, but it wasn't necessarily like anything specific haunted. You want me to debate dreams? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I just thought that was, that was just creepy, right? That she like had this dream. So you're kind of like, ooh, like, so here, like I have heard people, like I've just, again, you're going to tell us the history. I'll just say, I saw comments of people saying I was born there. Mm -hmm. I was adopted out of there. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot of different things. And so I just wondered if like, Maybe she was born there and adopted out of there and like somehow had impressions or something or, oh, interesting. you know, went yeah. there as like a really yeah, yeah. little child or something mm-hmm. like that. That was why she dreamed of it. Or was it some other compelling reason? I don't know. It sounds like the start of a movie to me. All right. Well, we'll talk more about this when we return and we'll be right back. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. are back and the pet facts are sponsored by tarot by ta ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience he reads at numerous public events private parties and personal appointments throughout the greater chicagoland area he also does his readings worldwide using online services like zoom and the best part rebecca is that he's hashtag team skeptic uh, to find out more about ta visit and like his facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by ta He's a really fascinating person, very intelligent, and um, super nice, actually, I would say. Absolutely. And people love his readings. Yeah, yeah. And um, they, you know, he's got a podcast of his own. He does, um, he is, 
he is very, very articulate about his beliefs. All right. Um, but let's get into the Pat Facts, though, right now. Pat Facts. Okay, so the Eloise Psychiatric Hospital started off as a poorhouse named the Wayne County Poorhouse. Uh, and in fact, throughout its whole history, it, it went back and forth. Mm. Eloise was pretty much the name of the area, I want to say, and then the Wayne County whatever building it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but this started in 1832. This is long before social reforms and the idea of welfare for the people that could not work. So a poorhouse um, was also referred to as a workhouse in England um, and in Ireland and Wales as well, but not Scotland. Uh, In these areas, neighborhoods were established by the parish that you lived in, kind of like it was for me on the south side of Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, right. Each parish, though, was responsible for maintaining its own workhouse. These would usually be places where the poor would work on farms or maintaining roads and various other parish work. In the U.S., these poorhouses were only a thing from the 19th to the early 20th century. I mean, like the workhouses, I think of like Charles Dickens, right? Like Oliver Twist or whatever, any of those things. I just think of people saying like, oh, you're going to drive me to the poorhouse. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize it was an actual thing yes. until until this episode, uh, you know, and which is surprising because we've talked about things that kind of touch upon this, but we have not actually talked about it. Nope. Uh, sometimes the farm that the people would work at were also the same as the prison farms, which is exactly as it sounds, a farm for prisoners to work at. Now, take into account that we consider the poor to be as useful as prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you'll start to see why this is a problem. And also, uh, we also considered the insane or mentally ill even, at you know, anybody that suffered from any um, debilitating thing mm-hmm. that we would consider them to be poor and or prisoners and or inmates or residents, whatever they're called. People that cannot be out with the regular folks, quote unquote. Yep. Residents were expected to provide labor to the extent that their health would allow, both in the fields and in providing housekeeping and care for other residents. Rules were strict and accommodations minimal. I bet you didn't have many sick days. Uh, No. (laughs) So, Rebecca, you would have... Had a hard time. It, I, I, prob- I, I, who knows what would have happened to me? <laughs> yeah, with your voice, they yep. would have just been like, just, yeah, whatever. Keep it going. I don't know. <laughs> um, so poor, so poor houses would ramp up in the late 1800s and decline almost entirely by 1950. Their decline was because of the Social Security Act in 1935. So since the 1970s, uh, funding for the care, well-being, and safety of the poor and ind- indigent is now uh, split among county, state, and federal resources. Poor farms have been replaced by subsidized housing, such as public housing projects, Section 8 housing, and homeless shelters. Uh, so I just thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, so they would force people to work then mm-hmm. for, you know, to be able to allow them to live, and their wages were very, very low. Right, like I don't. It doesn't seem like the goal was like, well, let's tra- teach you a skill, no. or like you know, just help you get get back on your feet. It was more yeah. like, well, like you can't handle it, so you're working for us now. And also, like people like me that is that 
I'm not exactly disabled, but I'm not exactly well, you know, well bodied and stuff like that, where I'm able to do those kind of physical activities like that. It would be really difficult for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's uh, get back to the Wayne County Poorhouse. Okay. Um, by 1834, the poorhouse was in bad condition and 280 acres, which uh, was in Nan- Nankin Township, uh, were purchased. The Black House Tavern, which served as a stagecoach stop between Detroit and Chicago, was located on the property. And in those days, it was about a two-day stagecoach ride from Hamtrak Township to Nankin Township. Yeah, this is this is kind of right by Detroit, right? Where it we're is. talking, yeah. it's it's like a few miles outside of Detroit. Okay. Um. So uh, the register shows that on April eleventh, eighteen thirty nine, the thirty five people were transferred from the poorhouse in Ham Hamtrak Township to the new one in Nankin Township, and one hundred eleven apparently refused to go to the awful wilderness. I mean. Many were children, and homes among the residents of the city may have been found for them. Okay. So the poorhouse eventually developed into an asylum, sanitarium, and hospital. As I did say, that there is like this blurring of poor from mentally ill from prisoners. Mm -hmm. All of those are considered almost to be at the same level of um socio um economic right yeah and 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 ill just general like the yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. the hospital the sanatorium it's probably like tb patients or different you know things right yeah we'll I'm talk guessing. about that yeah. a little bit um so the log cabin which was formerly the black horse tavern became the keeper's quarters and in 1839 an a-frame building was put up to uh, house the in- inmates more appropriately termed um, by today's standards, patience. Um, <laughs> um, no, excuse me. Let me redo that. Uh, an A-frame building was put up to house the inmates, um, which we would actually refer to more today as patients. Ah, okay. Yes, because inmates, I'm like, oh, prisoners. A- again, uh-huh. the blurred lines okay, there. Okay, gotcha. An A-frame cookhouse was erected in the back of the log building and was used for cooking by both inmates, staff, and the keeper's families. Okay, they shared a kitchen. Got yeah. It. Uh, the complex was self-sufficient. It had its own police and fire department, along with a railroad and trolley system. It included a bakery, amusement hall, laundry facility, post office, and a power plant. It had its own farm, which included a dairy herd, uh, dairy barns, pig, piggery, <laughs> <laughs> uh, root cellar, tobacco curing building, and a greenhouse. Ooh. They had to keep these people working. I guess so. Yeah. Keep adding stuff. Uh, in 1913, um, there were three divisions. The Eloise Hospital, which was the mental hospital, the... Eloise Infirmary, which was the poorhouse, and the Eloise Sanitarium, which was actually the TB house. Ah, um, I guess right. TB TB Hospital. Yeah. uh, Which were collectively called Eloise. Okay. Um, So that's where we get the name, but it is blurred, though, because, again, it becomes Wayne County again at some point. Ah. Um, Patients came from Detroit and other communities to have x-rays done. Uh, it is also it, it also housed the first kidney dialysis unit in the state of Michigan and pioneered the use of music therapy. 
Uh, staff also used hydrotherapy, shock therapy, and insulin therapy to treat patients. Wow. So like on one hand, like backwards-ish, but yet in another kind of almost like forefront medically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a large, large area of land that they used um, for a lot of different things, mm. good and bad. Yeah. As the population of Detroit increased, so did the Eloise population. In 1839, there were only 35 residents, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. uh, and during the Great Depression, it swelled to, guess how many? It's thousands, I think. 10,000 people. Wow. And, and they had an additional 2,000 staff members. Wow. Yeah. In its prime, Eloise consisted of 78 buildings on 902 acres. It was the largest psychiatric facility in the United States. That's by far huge, by, by a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't sound that bad, right? I yeah, mean, most they of the stuff. Got all this hydrotherapy and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And uh, some people would tell you uh, that the talks of torture and suffering of the patients or inmates, as they were called, uh, was nothing but embellishment. But then there were others that swore to it. Even when it was closing in 1982, people were saying it was still happening. Um, here's the truth of the matter. Probably somewhere in between. Sure. Nothing and something. Well, and also, again, what we now think of as like substandard care mm -hmm. or not acceptable housing, you know, there was a time where that was probably not thought that badly. Oh, yeah. You I'm know sure. what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, again, it, yeah. I mean, it wasn't great, I'm sure, but yet... It was also just kind of what people did. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, it closed because of Social Security Act, um, and there were dramatic decrease in residents, especially in the 70s. Um, so inventor Elijah McCoy may be its most famous former resident. Oh. Uh, he spent a year prior to his death as a patient in the Eloise Infirmary. Um, Eloise McCoy... Um, he was a Canadian-American engineer of African-American descent who invented lubrication systems for steam engines. Born free on the Ontario shore of Lake Erie to parents who fled enslavement in Kentucky. He traveled to the United States as a young child when his family returned in 1847. Um, becoming a U.S. resident and citizen, his inventions and accomplishments were honored in 2012 when the United States Patent and Trademark Office named its first regional office in Detroit, Michigan, um, the Elijah J. McCoy Midwest Regional Patent Office. Oh, that's cool. I mean, well, we know how important trains were, so and there's just steam engines in general for a lot of things. So yeah, especially those people that listen to Ghostly X because we just talked about that. We recently. did actually. <laughs> um, and there were other well-known people who died at El Eloise, including several baseball players. Among them are Jewel Custis, uh, Larry Lejeune, uh, Charlie Krause, and Marty Cavana. Um, and musician Horace Flinders uh, was also a patient and received music therapy there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so today the land uh, that was once the El Eloise has been developed into a strip mall, a golf course, and <laughs> condominiums. 
there is uh, there is only one building that currently is still in use. Oh, okay. There's five structures that might still be intact, but one that's only currently in use, and that's the D building, which is the K Beard building. Okay. I'm sure you're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, it was used for psychiatric admissions. Uh, it housed 400 patients and had living quarters for some employees like the Catholic chaplain. Uh, later, it was used by Wayne County for administration until 2016. The K. Beard Building was closed in October 2016. The old com- um, commissary, building, commissary Building is currently being used as a family homeless shelter. And uh, the firehouse, former psychiatric facility laundry, and the power plant are still standing in decay. The bakery was heavily damaged due to arson in April of 2016, with charred ruins still standing as of March 16, 2021. I'm not sure if it's still up or not. However, there are plans to uh, raise and remove the remainder if there is anything. Uh, the Eloise smokestack... Um, emblazoned Eloise in brick was deemed to be a hazard and was demolished in 2006. And the site in the adjoining Eloise cemetery are reputed to be haunted. Rebecca, a haunted tours of the, of the Cape beard building are offered periodically throughout the year, particularly near Halloween. Mm-hmm. In fact, I believe there might even be a haunted house that they, have started very recently. Yeah, I was just reading about that in the Detroit News. Yes. Did you read that article? I did. Well, it was sold Yeah. not too long ago, and I think that's part of... And I don't know exactly what was sold. Well, this, this reporter that worked for the Detroit News uh, was very upset by them having a haunted house here because he felt that that was um, mocking their um, cruel history that they had. And he said that he was a reporter that actually covered it towards the end of its existence mm-hmm. in the 1980s. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I didn't actually go back and uh, look at that because that's going more towards your um, part with with the evidence. And I don't want to touch too much of the evidence because I want to come in, you know, without knowing uh, too much. Um, so I didn't do anything with that. But that is an interesting idea that... Um, you know, he was so upset by this because, yeah, it it does. It mocks that there was ever anything that happened there. In some ways. I mean, or, yeah, or kind of, yeah, like takes it and makes makes fun, I guess, from it. I could yeah. see that. We were recently just at the Lake County Prison, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, talked about in our Dillinger episode. Um, and in, and they do a haunted house there, too. Yes, they do. Yeah, that is true. So, People don't care about prisoners as much, though, mocking the prisoners. Well, these people were, like, almost considered prisoners, though, even though they were, you know, um, more patients than anything else and um, and or poor people. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, do you have anything to add to the history? You know, I mean, it's one of those things, like, it's, it's hard. Like, I don't, you know, we're going to talk about some... Um, definitely some paranormal investigations that have happened there. Okay. Um, but I mean, it, you know, it definitely, I mean, I, I think it's impossible to think about a place like this and not think about, I mean, when you think about shock treatment, when you think about people being forced to lobotomies. work, lobotomies, um, I'm, you know, being, you know, not being able to really, I'm sure take care of them 
when they were ill, you know, that I'm sure sometimes the conditions were better than others, but, you know, many times it was, you know, probably, um, again, not, not, not okay. I'm sure there was experiments that happened. I mean, when you have, let's just say, so 10,000 patients, Mm -hmm. (laughs) inmates, whatever, of various kinds and 2000 staff, you can't tell me that some of those doctors weren't a bit off, you know, that they didn't do things that they weren't supposed to do. Well, I mean, I want to touch upon something that you said, forcing people to work. And uh, that was a big thing with Lincoln. He did, you know, he was against that because he was uh, forced to work as a child for, Mm -hmm. you know, his father's friends or neighbors and stuff. And, um, you know, that really rings true to this because they didn't get to like choose that this was their job to work on the farm. What if that wasn't what they wanted to do out of their life? Exactly. You know, but they were forced to because they were poor. Right. So any artist or anything like that, they run mm-hmm. the risk of being poor. Right. I mean, ex- ex- exactly. I mean, it just, it seems, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it definitely um, seems like a, it could be like maybe some people were helped by it. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't say that it was, I don't want to, you know, like there could be people that said it was, it was a helpful place for them to be, but I can't imagine that there weren't, um, there weren't bad things there too. Yeah. Traumatic yeah. things. Traumatic things. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break and when we return, we will uh, get to the debate. Let's do it. We are excited to announce a new way you can support Ghostly. Joining us on Patreon. There are many reasons to become a patron. Not only are you helping Ghostly cover its own cost, but you can... Get Ghostly episodes early. You can get up to 25% off Ghostly gear. Get a shout out on the next episode. You can get a priority request for a new episode. Get more Rebecca's creepy bedtime stories. And the biggest news, you can get exclusive content with our new show called Ghostly X for the weeks that Ghostly does not have a new episode. As well as many more cool rewards that we can't wait to share with our patrons. So please, help us become the podcast that we've always wanted to be. You can sign up by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link on the menu bar. Rebecca, you ready for this debate? I am so ready for okay. this debate. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes when we do these, right, you um, talk about that. I just have these vague stories and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of evidence. 
I have more evidence this I think, time, I feel like. I think you would agree to some of that, though, that some of them are kind of vague. I, you know, it's hard. It's like you get one or the other with these. It's mm-hmm. hard to get both. And okay. um, this one, again, this is one of those where, I, you know, I mean, I have to, we have to keep it to a reasonable amount. Otherwise, this podcast could be like five hours, right? Yeah. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, but let me just assure all the listeners that... Mm-hmm. The amount of paranormal um, investigation and evidence that has been found at this place is staggering. Okay. So a lot of people lived and died here. Again, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, good and bad, right? Yep. Therefore, for me and a lot of the people who work there, visited there, investigated there, they're not surprised that there's paranormal activity. Well, I will say that... Um in the cemetery, most of the people that are buried there died in the psychiatric hospital. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because people will talk about the cemetery being haunted, mm-hmm. but I actually couldn't find a lot of evidence at the okay. cemetery. So that was kind of, that was surprising yeah. to me. But, um, you know, just um, a few of the things that people mention before we get into like all the evidence that kind of supports these things I'm about to say, par- poltergeist activity, Okay. Full body apparitions, mm-hmm. shadow people, okay. voices, okay, and of course orbs. Okay, but just saying those things doesn't prove anything. No, Rebecca, no, no. We're so gonna we're gonna go into. Let's get to the evidence. People proof, talking about it. Proof facts. Rebecca. All right. So I'm gonna start with the story from an employee. Okay. Okay. So a building employee detailed her experience with the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So quote, "I'm serious." The employee says with a hearty laugh. Recalling an incident where a couple of children trotted up the nearby staircase only to turn around and report that, quote, a guy was sitting on the steps. He was Mm -hmm. in Bermuda shorts and he was just sitting there, the employee says. They saw him. We didn't see him. But there have been some shadows. You know, that's it. I would love to talk to them. So Mm. basically, there were kids there for a tour or whatever it was. And they were like, hey, do you guys see this? There's a guy over here sitting on the stairs and all the adults are like, no, there's no guy there. And they're like, yeah, he's in Bermuda shorts, whatever. So the employee says, I've seen shadows and I'd love to Mm -hmm. talk to them, but this is what happened. All right. So um, I'm going to uh, take the children first. Um, That's child's play. They are seriously, they either, either they have an overactive imagination or uh, they're trying to spook out the people that they're with. I've heard children say the most ridiculous things. I heard a child once tell me that they were going to start making cans out of beans so that the cans could be eaten. (laughs) All right? So I'm just going to say they say crazy things. Don't make me laugh too much. I'm going to cough. Well, no, but here's the thing, though. But We also know that children tend to see paranormal things more than adults because they're closer to that um and they that have is if you believe eyes. in paranormal things exactly if you don't then that's just an assumption made you that- need to go watch some youtube videos of the creepy things kids <laughs> talk about like do you remember mommy in my last life when blah 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 and you're like oh my gosh we're gonna get into that because you showed me a video and i think it's the same reason why these things are happening. Okay. And I think I have a think I have like a good reason for it. I don't know about that. But all right. So what's your uh what's your um vote or what's your rating 
of this uh, these kids seeing the guy in Bermuda shorts. Yeah, well, I think he should be on a, on a cruise or something if he's wearing his Bermuda shorts. Uh, and I'm going to give it a zero. Okay. I'm going to give this one a six. All right. A six. six. Kids okay. seeing the things. I don't know. Okay. All right. So Kids say the darndest things. They do. All right. So uh, there's a couple big paranormal groups that mm-hmm. um, have been in there. And one of them is uh, some Detroit paranormal investigators. Sure. Um, so basically, they had a shadow figure sighting followed by some poltergeist activity. Okay. Okay. So there is a video of this. I didn't send it to you because it was kind of hard because it was just like embedded in the article and mm-hmm. I'd already sent you another one. And so any, anyways, it, it, so in the video, one of them see had seen a shadowy figure out of the corner of her eye. So they decided to walk over to the area where she had seen it. So in the video, you can hear them talking about like, hey, I just saw this black figure. Mm-hmm. I think it was in this area. And then all of the sudden, there's in the video, you just hear a loud crash, mm-hmm. like just crazy, like do- something definitely fell. Mm-hmm. And they freak out and they're like, okay, we're leaving, we're leaving, sorry, we're leaving. Well, as they're leaving, they see that an old vinyl record had flown off of a shelf and slammed into the ground. Okay. Well, I'm going to say, you know, when... um these places go out of business, they don't usually have much warning. They don't usually have like, hey, um, guys, just so you know, in three months, we're going to be losing our jobs. So let's start packing up slowly and do everything in our power to make sure everything is stacked correctly. Uh, so what they will do oftentimes is they will just leave. They will just leave the place and everything that they were doing just lays there. So yeah, I could easily see how an old vinyl record would uh, fly off of a shelf because it fell. It just fell. But like, okay, they're nowhere near it when it falls. Like it's, I just say nowhere near, but like they're like a good, like across, across a room at least, like a good size room length away. Like they actually, it's it's dark. So they Mm -hmm. couldn't see what fell that let's say that, right? So it wasn't like they walked by it and happened to brush it and then it fell or they they shook the ground and so therefore it fell. You I mean, I'm sorry. They're talking to the spirits. They see, you know, they're seeing some stuff and then all of a sudden a thing flies across the room and crashes. You like say it was fly. loud. You say fly, but it could have just fallen. Um and you know, my thing is this is you don't know if they step on this board, it might cause a reaction that occurs that moves something over here and moves something over there, and then eventually you get a fallen a final, final destination record. of the no, not a final destination. <laughs> you and your ridiculous movies there too. Um, this this is a record fell down. That's what you are saying. A record fell down. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's been it can years happen. and it's just been sitting there and it hasn't fallen. Somebody might not have stepped on that particular board in years. It, it can it can happen. I mean, it. OK, I'm sorry. I just think that's too much of a coincidence. OK, well, I. So what are you giving it? Zero. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This one's an eight for me. OK. Just because I am annoyed. Annoyed by yeah. what? No. 
I'm not annoyed. It's fine. I understand. I understand. Well, I mean, okay, prove to me that this is some kind of supernatural thing or paranormal thing. Prove it. You I, can't. I can't, but it seems coincidence. It's a high coincidence, high I, level of coincidence. I have, <laughs> when, when we were at the prison, the, um, the Lake County prison, there was a lot of stuff on the ground. Mm-hmm. And easily somebody could have bumped into something and caused something to happen. There was a Barbie doll up in the kids' area. Uh, this Barbie doll, it didn't look like it was from, you know, the 70s. Uh, it was definitely more recent than that, but they they weren't kids there. No, the, no so, people. We know we were told that they left they left toys there. But in for this particular the area, that were that people had left toys there. But but imagine if one of those things had all of a sudden like flown across the room. You're, wait, you're rolled saying flown across, across the room? You're saying fallen flown a- down from the table that was then in that there. would have been fine. I would have been like, oops, it it happened because we were in the area. We we disrupted the area, so we we can cause that to happen. That is, you know, more likely to happen than any kind of paranormal activity. I'm saying the timing is suspicious. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the video that I did send you. Actually, the timing is very specific because they were there. <laughs> That's what would have caused it. If they weren't there, nobody would have heard it, Rebecca. So therefore, it, it. So the spirits do what they do when there's they have an audience. That's what okay, they do. No. All right, let's talk about the video that I did send yes, you. Yes, yes, okay? let's talk about that. So this is a YouTube video. Definitely we'll have it linked um, in our show notes. Uh, and I'll, I'll have the other one that I just talked about as well. Um, so this was from 10 years ago, and it is the IPRA team, the Illinois Paranormal Research Association. Yes. So there's some other evidence we're going to talk about later, but what I want to talk about here is what's in the video, which is them using a like a spirit box mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, yeah. They have the name of, of the brand in there. Um, and so basically, I, I didn't catch everything, but I tried to write down some of the conversation that they mm-hmm. had, basically. So the guy asks, anyone here tonight? And someone says, yep. And then he says, anyone in this building? And the, someone says, yes, I am. Uh, they ask, what was this building used for? And someone says, sick. Um, they ask, is there anyone else here? And someone says, me, and then can't find my family. Um, There's some other questions in here, but then, you know, this person says, mommy, they're at home, mommy again. They ask, um, how many are in this room with us right now? Someone says, seven. And then they ask, did you say seven? And someone says, yep. And they ask, are you mean or nice? That person says, nice. And then says, good night. And then there's another type of uh, box spirit kind of thing that they're using. Um, and that one um, also says mommy. Yeah. So these spirit boxes are either picking up um, radio waves, which is one of the ways that they use this, mm-hmm. or they are picking up stuff from the internet. Yes. This one looks more like radio to me, or it sounded more like radio to me. Either or. I believe that all of these are coincidences. It just is a coincidence that you happen to ask a question that you feel that you got the right answer for. Um, A lot of the time, like you're making it seem like they just said, anyone here tonight? Yep. Yeah. No, that's how quickly it answered. But it doesn't. There's other things that happen in between these, a lot of these answers. So there's a lot of other, (laughs) yep. And you heard that, yep. But that is like, 
And that is what, what we do. Our mind tries to find a reason for things and tries to find a pattern in things. That's what we do. And this is all just coincidence to me. I mean, to me, it's one thing to say like, okay, the word yep is just like a coincidence. But things like, yes, I am. And I can't find my family there what about, at home. Those are not just like one word things. What about if on the radio at that exact time, they were interviewing somebody about um, being at a certain location and the person, you know, was asked, are you, do you come to this location or have you been at this location for a while? Yes, I, yes, I have, or yes, I am. I mean, there is like plausible reasons why people would say these exact things. I'm just saying that their questions are coincidental. That is, I'm just going to say that's a lot of coincidence, like a lot. So, um, I'm going to give this one a zero as well because I I just believe it's all coincidental. This is, to me, I mean, I've seen a lot of spirit box conversations. And this one to me was one of the strongest ones I've seen. Mm -hmm. It was, um, so for me, I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Okay, so um, the next one is um, the bakery building, the old bakery building that you had mentioned um, burned down. Um, and I just found a couple of, of quotes from people um, in comments and articles, um, two different ones from two different people and two different articles about the bakery building. Um, one is from the story that I mentioned earlier. Um, so she said, then we made our way to the old bakery, which was super creepy. And when I touched the building, I noticed a weird scent of burning wood, very ashy. I found out later that the building itself had caught fire randomly not too long ago. I also felt someone grab my hand and poke me several times while make, while walking by the building. Um, and then someone else said where old bakery was, we heard what sounded like bricks being thrown. We saw the fans spin, but it wasn't the wind. We checked later um, as the wind was blowing um, and it was not moving. Uh, when we peeked through the front windows, up the marble stairs, my fiance had a person-like thing blow in his eyes. He was as white as a sheet. Hmm. I don't know. For this one, I, I really would need to have been there or seen video of this. And I'm not saying this as a slight against you or your evidence. I just can't really... I have no idea what these things could have been. I mean... um. The bricks being thrown could have been that this building is falling apart. You know, like that is one thing that comes to mind. Um, the the fan spin, um, but it wasn't the wind. I don't know because I don't know how much they checked. I don't know what they did to check um, to see if that was actually wind blowing it. Or um, maybe there was some kind of... I don't I have, I have no idea what what could have caused that and I'm not saying that in a way that I give up with the evidence it's just there's not enough to go by with this particular thing where I can say that well obviously they're mistaken because it was this and because it was that um peek through the front windows uh, up the marble stairs my fiance had a person like thing blowing his eyes um so that's interesting that they would say a person like thing um, like, did he actually see a person or did he just feel the blowing and he just assumed it was like by a person? 
Um, because a lot of things can cause that particular thing. I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, he was white as a sheet. Um, well, I mean, he was probably a white guy to begin with, I'm assuming. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say for that one. So this one, I'm going to have to give it like a two because I, I wasn't there and I can't physically understand what, what could have been happening. Yeah, it felt like a lot of stuff to me, so um, I'll give it a seven. Okay. So last one, um, going back to that Detroit paranormal investigation. Um, so I, they were allowed to, they were in the the basement um, of the building. Um, I assume the um, the psychiatric building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the K K Beard the building. K Beard building. I yeah. want to say the K Dunning because I have Dunning in my head yeah. from our C two E two. Um, and so, uh, they, um, talked to Jeff Adkins, who's one of the co-founders of the group. And he said down there was very eerie. You sent someone else's down there, even though you are by yourself. It was one of the most eerily quiet places I've ever been. He said he could hear water dripping and what sounded like shuffling footsteps. Um, and, um, also I, I forgot to add this in here. He did think that he saw, a shadow person that looked like a very tall woman. Mm, okay. So water dripping, I'm going to say, I mean, whatever. You heard water dripping in a place that used to be flooded. So I, I, I'll agree with you. That's not paranormal. But shuffling footsteps and a shadow person. What do you, what do we think? Well, first. Or um, just his eerie First, feeling. you said you sent somebody, um, yeah. someone else is down there. Um, you, so this is, um, you know, there has been studies that have been done that when you're expecting something, when you go to these kind of places that you're more likely to pick up upon those things. You're more likely to experience something like that if you go in with that expectation of uh, of wanting to feel that. That's the reason why I don't ever feel these things when I go in, because I go in as a skeptic. So um, the shadow person it's easy to see a shadow person when there's no electricity and you know the lights aren't on and stuff like that. It's easy. Anything can make a shadow that would appear to be that kind of thing. Um, and then um, the shuffling of feet. Um, this place is in disarray, too. It's not like it is um, structurally 100% sound in every area. I would imagine the one area that he's in uh, is probably one that's not as structurally sound. Probably not one that they use for the haunted house. Mm. So I'm going to have to give this one a zero. So for me, I'm going to give this one like a f- six. Okay. It's not as convincing for me just because, um, you know, it is kind of vague. Uh, it's not as solid as the the video of them actually talking, you know, in my mind to through the, the spirit box. So Sure. Um, okay, so what would be your overall rating then? So my overall rating for this place is a seven. If I could do a seven and a half, I would, but I know we're not allowed <laughs> not to. Not allowed to do the halves. Um, but yeah, it definitely um, was on the high side for me. Okay. Uh, that uh, I'm going to go with a one because I gave one two in there. So okay. I'm going to go with one. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of un- uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest because Rebecca likes to um, embellish the time, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca, are you ready? Yes. And away we go. All right. So 
this is one of the places, uh, one of the places that we've had in a while that I really felt like there was a lot of, a lot of evidence. Um, again, I, you know, uh, there's only so much that gets posted and that you, you know, can share, feel confident sharing, but, um, you know, a lot of people have done investigations here. There's stuff from employees, there's stuff from investigators, there's stuff from just people that, um, you know, or have commented online like, yeah, we just have heard it was creepy and we went there or I didn't know what it was and we went to see it and creepy stuff happened. So it wasn't, it's not like it's just the investigators, you know, and the, um, a lot of this happened years ago before it was a haunted house. So it wasn't necessarily posted that way in order to like get people to come to the haunted house. Um, so I, you know, to me, this has more evidence than, um, a lot of times. So, I feel like it's haunted. All right. Well, you actually made it. I did. Uh, you were cutting it close, but you made it there. I did. All right. All Are right. you ready? Yes. Okay. And go. I think this is a classic example of expectation. Um, yes, there were bad things that happened there. And the expectation is then that there are ghosts. Um, but I, I don't think that there's enough solid proof to say that there was any real ghost. I would say that the only um, semi-proof that was presented would be the spirit box. And I really, I believe it's, inter- I, I believe it is all just a coincidence um, and other people don't. And that's where we're going to differ. Um, that's just how I feel. So uh, I would say that this is definitely not a haunted place, just a sad place. Okay, you have plenty right. of time left there. Yeah. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your family and friends. As word of mouth is our best form of advertisement, remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet done so. And if you haven't, why not? Uh, and I would like to give a shout out to some of our producers. Uh, the first one being Emily. Alicia. Carrie. Becky. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Marisol. Shayla. Cindy. Kevin. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica, uh, Sarah, Linda, Alice, Austin, er, Aaron, Hope, and Candy. And on the next episode of Ghostly, um, we're going to try to have our Skeptics Day episode. Finally, it's a little bit late, um, but we've had something planned for it, uh, and it's, it will come out. Fun. It will come out in two weeks. Yeah. And until then, stay ghostly. Bye. <laughs>